1: Hello and welcome to Indie Incursion and Indie Games Podcast. This week we're going to have a little bit different. We're not actually going to be doing our standard covering news, hopping into Kickstarter, doing some news cramp stuff. We are actually going to talk about E3 in general uh, for the first little bit. We're going to talk about all the press conferences we liked, what we thought of them, games we like to be shown. This is where we're going to talk about games that are not indie games and then myself, Vaughn Hyde, one of your hosts, and my illustrious co-host, the Big Josh Boy. We are going to be di- deep doing a deep dive into Kind of Funny Games Showcase and Devolver, mostly because they pretty much like had the most indie games coverage of any of them. Yeah. Like that's that's why I wanted to do this. <laughs> I mean,
2: kind of I actually what's funny about that is like now, like um it's it's becoming a lot more popular in other areas like especially Microsoft, but I think that's really because Microsoft doesn't have anything
1: of their own at this point. And um, they just keep buying fucking studios, fucking double fine. God damn it.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually okay with that one. But we can, I'm actually very okay with it. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's interesting because like obviously those are the two obvious um just indie game one but a lot of the platforms in all conferences had at least a little bit of something i mean except for maybe like square enix and bethesda but like the microsoft the nintendo one they they had uh you know a good chunk of little indie games nestled or nestled in there i don't know what yeah there's
1: (laughs) there's a good chunk and then there's fucking 60 yeah (laughs) I mean, <laughs> there's like two sparse between your five big announcements, and then there's just an entire 45 minutes to an hour of indie games. Well, uh, which one are we going to cover? <laughs> I would normally think we'd talk about the 60, but you never know. On this podcast, we generally say like three, and then we just got the rest. Like, the rest are just there in a wrap-up, so never yeah. know. Well, we'll see. We, let's, uh, we could... let's roll with it. <laughs>
2: so what have you been playing this week uh so i'm gonna go off on a tangent about something that's not indie i finally finished the last of us this was my first time running through it i got through the last of us the full story and the left behind dlc pretty damn good i uh i thoroughly enjoyed it um what the fuck at the ending part though it's kind of kind of <laughs> fucked uh, do you think
1: it's cool to spoil the end of it by now? I mean, it's been out for a long time. You'd think, but there's people like me who just played it. So,
2: I don't know. But I was pretty upset. I was like, "That's fair. Come on, man. What uh, why why you gotta do that?" Really? You're upset by that? I would have made that choice. No, no. You're I was <laughs> like, "Fuck the world, dude. Fucking... It sucks
1: ass anyway."
2: <laughs> fucking selfish piece of shit. <laughs> Anyway, we won't spoil it, but yeah, he's a, he's a big old jerk face. Anyway. Um, You're a bitch. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, you know what? At least humanity would be saved in my world.
1: Yeah, we're about to get it as like a knockout. Like uh, We're going to get into a brawl over the ending of The Last of Us here. This <laughs> Man, dude, this might be the end of the Indie Incursion podcast. This is what Just broke us, us up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are just starting to really gain some traction, and then Josh played The Last of Us and became a bitch.
2: Yep, it would be a mainstream game that would break the Indie <laughs> Games podcast, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, even think about the irony. I that. know, it's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> um, honestly, that's really all I've been playing, other than a little bit of... Um, <laughs> Borderlands, which also isn't indie. Um, so nothing from that side. I've been too busy. I've just been watching E3 and writing articles and editing articles. I mean E3 is a pretty busy time and all of my time is just sunk into seeing all of those new juicy juicy games.
1: Yeah, you guys did some pretty awesome stuff over at Parallax for E3 coverage. I I mean, I didn't seem like there were many, like very many of you doing it, so for the amount of people that there were doing it, you guys had a decent amount of coverage. It was pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, it was pretty good, and we also did like live reacts for a number of the actual conferences on Twitch. Um, I was actually part of the Microsoft one. I couldn't attend the others, but um, we had a good amount of people covering those as well. It was pretty fun. Um, one of the ones, like one one of my favorite moments was we were watching the the microsoft x uh, xbox one and it was like um the Blair Witch Project game. And I was like, first off, why the hell are they doing that? But second off, they were playing the the clip and we were like watching it and the guy pulled up the camera and like right on the stream, I was like, what is this, a fucking Blair Witch Project game? Like, why would they <laughs> do that? And like as a joke, I was like, there's no way. And then when it like the low, like the actual symbol came up, all of us were like, oh, no way, is it, is it? And it showed the, the actual title. And I was like, oh my God, how did I get that? <laughs>
1: turns out we actually are psychic boys it was a joke on twitter but now it's a
2: reality that's true psychic boys i don't i don't know man (laughs) honestly why but i was so hyped for the fact that i even got it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah there's a lot of good content out there from parallax is basically the the cliff notes of that
1: that's awesome i didn't actually know you guys did the the live like reacts yeah it was pretty cool nice that's awesome that's awesome for me uh this week i've just been playing the witcher 3 that's it yeah are you gonna pick it up for the switch no never i'm not (laughs) going to that's a bad idea
2: honestly you know okay what's kind of funny is i might pick it up just because i actually have the game this is one of the the one rare times where i actually might buy a game a second time is just because i played it and then just dropped it and I, I feel like it's because it's just too long and too much time sync, And I feel like it's easier to play games like that on the Switch.
1: See, that's kind of what I'm looking for right now. So I'm like, hey, I need to stop buying video games for a while because I have a problem. Of course, I made that. I was like, I'm going to stop buying video games. Yeah. Right. Then less than a week later, they announced a physical edition of Psychonauts. And I I spent like $75 on it. Oh, so my God. yeah, broke that immediately. But on the <laughs> other hand, I've... I've spent a lot less Which is nice Um, I stopped buying as many video games So now I'm just trying to work through my backlog So I was like you know what I need to actually beat The Witcher 3 And since I bought the complete edition The complete edition does not Transfer your save from the Just standard Witcher 3 edition Or at least it did when I originally bought it And I still don't think it does Because I have the save on my Playstation 4 Cool Mm -hmm. thing though it does have its own trophy list, so if you were like a platinum whore, you know what I mean? Mm. You could actually get the platinum for the standard and the platinum for the complete edition, uh, from what I understand. Because I popped a trophy the other day, and I was like, I literally already have this trophy. I don't know how this just happened.
2: I don't like that statement. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not down for pop the trophy. It just doesn't sound right to me.
1: (laughs) It does sound a little bit sexual. Um, But yeah, I'm trying to work on my backlog. I'm going to play The Witcher. I think after that I was going to play Nino Cooney, but then they announced that remaster, which I'm going to tell you right now, I feel like I didn't get this across that well on Twitter because I had a limited amount of characters and I was only on a 14-minute break at work. (laughs) That game did not need to be remastered. It could be ported porting makes so much sense because that game is so beautiful and it just makes sense like it needs to be on more consoles for people to experience it supporting it to like playstation 4 xbox one switch pc whatever that totally makes sense a remaster doesn't necessarily make sense because in my mind it kind of looks the same but i'll have to wait for like <laughs> digital foundry to do a side by side when it eventually comes out right. to see if it's like a big improvement i'm gonna buy it either way I'm i don't give a shit i'm sure you that will. game's awesome i've never played it so i can't uh can't say well, now you have a chance. It's going to come to PS4. You don't even have PlayStation Plus, so you don't got to worry about it. Dude, you buy it. No online features. You just play the game, dude. Mm. What else are you doing with your time? That or is... you could also buy it on your Nintendo Switch. That's the thing now.
2: Yeah, see, I'll probably do that instead. <laughs> but...
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the better option for but you. But
2: there's also a million games coming out.
1: Yeah, that's true. There's a lot.
2: Or at least 60+. plus.
1: Or you could just play the remaster of a game that came out like five years ago mm. i mean really your priorities i know you should just be playing the remaster that just makes more sense dude. <sighs> who needs to keep up with the most recent trends
2: mm, as a person who's trying to do reviews on a website for games probably me but then again i oh, guess man. it could be a review for the remastered version yeah mm, the <laughs> dilemma
1: what's up Big boy, freaking <laughs> review the old game. That's that's what I say. Retrospective reviews. Uh, well, I mean, is that a retrospective though? That's kind of like no. Yeah, that's not. No. That would be uh, if I
2: actually played. I mean, I guess I could play the original <laughs> and then play the the remastered and side by side. I own comparo. two different
1: copies for PS3. If you have a PS3, I will mail you one. I. But then you have to mail it back <clears throat> to me, and hopefully nothing happens in the in the bit mm. between.
2: That sounds like way Good too deal, much right? work, buddy. <laughs>
1: You're like, I mean, I could just go buy it myself. It's like $5. <laughs> but
2: why not put you through all that trouble?
1: <laughs> so we're already talking about E3. Bandai Namco announced Nino Kuni remaster coming to all sorts of cool consoles. What did you think about E3? Just broad strokes. What did you think about E3? We'll talk about the other conferences in just a sec. How have you felt so far?
2: Uh, so from an E3 perspective, uh, I enjoyed it. I think it was a little lackluster, honestly. I think, I think this year isn't really like like PlayStation definitely picked a good year to kind of just take a step back and leave the scene, because honestly, this is at more of an end of the generation like there really wasn't a lot of news from a new console perspective which gets people like really hyped up a lot of what games what are you talking
1: about dude they had that sweet ass uh, reveal for Scarlet bro oh yeah
2: that one guy was just like <laughs> yeah we put an SD in it and it's now it's real fast we're not gonna give you any details but uh no load times <laughs> like virtual yeah
1: virtual RAM four times faster yeah. four times better it's like
2: okay it's like what does that mean what does that really mean (laughs) you're just you're just shouting mumbo jumbo at us but like yeah like i want the actual deep dive the details of that and i'm not going to get that until next year which is fine i mean like the e3 isn't only about consoles it's also about games and there were some pretty hyped up games like i i definitely enjoyed like the new doom coming out that looks really cool uh cyberpunk looks great but there really wasn't anything new shown other than keanu reeves (laughs) which was pretty crazy but like It's not really a game.
1: (laughs) I mean, you got a better cinematic trailer. I mean... That's cool. Yeah, but... Featuring Keanu Reeves. So, that's like the two put together. It's like mashed up perfectly. I know. It's like Play-Doh.
2: I I forget who I was listening to. I think it was... I think it might have been Damon Hatfield where he was like... Or someone someone was talking about it and he was like, I already... Like, I'm already on board with the game. Like, I don't need to see another just trailer of the game. Like... Which was fine because they also gave the release date. So I was like, cool. That's what I wanted to know. Which I'm actually surprised. A lot of games that are coming out, like, they're coming out pretty quick. Like, I was, I was, I thought Cyberpunk was going to be a lot later. I thought it was going to be either 2021 or the end of 2020. So I was pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah, it's coming out in like Q1, right? Like yeah, March I, think, I think it was March. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it was March. Um, but a lot of it, honestly it seems really cool but man there's something that i think all of the directs can or directs excuse me the conferences like all the the different teams that are doing conferences could learn from nintendo um i might be sounding a little biased because i am a nintendo fan and obviously i like their games but there's also a lot of games that were kind of crap in their directs. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time like i think they did such a good job of how you should pace conferences like they constantly teetered back and forth between a big release of their flagship and then going to a more indie or a more low-key you know title so they would go from luigi's mansion to then to like the the contra thing to the like back and forth of a lot of different pieces i don't remember the actual order but i remember it was just big big thing small thing big thing small thing so it kept that like wave of momentum with like One of the conferences, like Square... Square had the huge thing from Final Fantasy VII, the remake. They started out so hard, and you're like, wow, this is awesome, it looks great. And I'm not really a Final Fantasy fan. Like, I enjoyed Ten, but that's really the only one I played. And the others, I'm kind of like, eh, they're okay, but they're just not my style. Um, So it wasn't really anything for me, but you can obviously tell there was a lot of hype from that perspective, and it was a good move on their part. But then they just, like, kept going with so much that just felt kind of like nah. I mean it's just a bunch of new ports of the same Final Fantasy games like I don't know it was just it was just too much and in a lot of it I feel like the pacing from someone like Nintendo was much better um, I would have liked to see a lot more of that from the other companies um, Xbox was good but I don't think they really blew it out of the park because most of it wasn't really their stuff um it was more of, here's a bunch of cool looking games, and also very brief details or lack thereof about what Xbox is doing. Um, the Game Pass thing, really cool, seems interesting, but like there was no talk about X Cloud other than, hey, X Cloud is a thing. And then, which, yeah, we know. And then also them, cool. I know. And then them also going like Project Scarlet, like, yeah, we've heard the name. And them just being like, yep, there's. Uh, there's a lot of cool specs in it you'll see stuff later so it was good but i don't know i feel like they should have pushed harder on the xbox flagship but then again at the same time i said this on the reveal for parallax they also really can't because they're in a weird state where it's the end of a console generation so they're probably not going to have anything for that specifically they're probably looking more towards the next stuff and also they just acquired a bunch of companies so they're not going to make games right off the bat so,
1: I don't know. Dude. What? Speaking of Microsoft's conference, mm-hmm. how fucking dare they juke me out and not give me a Psychonauts 2 release date? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so fucking pissed about it. And then, in the Kind of Funny Game Showcase, Tim Schafer is there, and it nothing happens. I was like, you guys just fucking killed me. You... I mean, it was fucking off to me. It was
2: hilarious that he talked about in like, what does indie game mean to you?
1: (laughs) Oh, that was absolutely funny. Like everything in it was so funny, but I was like, oh my God. I mean, Mike. Okay. So on Microsoft's behalf, you could say that they didn't show a lot of their own stuff in a way they did. They showed a decent amount of their own stuff from studios they've recently acquired. Right. Like they're like, oh, outer worlds. Yeah, technically that's ours now. Like we that's, we bought like the studio but the game's coming out multi platform.
2: That's my concern with Microsoft as a company is I feel like they don't well, I don't wanna say that because obviously I'm in no way to say, but I feel like they don't know what they're doing from a marketing perspective to get the Xbox brand name out. Because like when I think of an Xbox game, the only ones I ever think about are like Halo, Gears of War, and that's because primarily those are the Xbox games that were always stuck on there and you could never play on any other console. But now Xbox is doing this thing where it's like everybody should play everything and they're being all buddy buddy with PC and every other console and trying to get Game Pass on like anything that, you know, has a monitor or a screen. So it's like, okay, that's great, but it detracts from it being. Xbox. Like yeah,
1: it detracts from the value of your console. They, they're not exclusive.
2: Yeah, so like that's like you exemplified that point pretty much right off the bat because I said there's nothing there and you're like, no, there is, but I'm not gonna associate those with Yeah, you're not gonna play them. it
1: on that console. Yeah,
2: well, it's not even that I'm not gonna play it on that console. I'm not gonna associate it with that console at all because for me, it's on so many other products that it's not an Xbox game. It's a PC game for me
1: yeah like a lot of people are saying like recently it's either been a joke or like somewhat serious Uh, people are like hey when is like Xbox just going to become third party like when when did they just start producing stuff for everybody like they've got oh they have their own console but it's not their main priority their main priority is everything else which in a way like their their services and their games are really what make them money consoles don't make any money they lose money on consoles it's very true so like this might be fiscally responsible for them like you're gonna buy the game no like no matter what you're gonna buy the game sure they're gonna make less money if you purchase it on a different console but in in a way they're still making more money than they would have before but i i don't know i'm not like any economy professor i'm (laughs) i'm not a businessman i don't know how any of this works i just know that the like the amount of money you make on software is much more than you make on hardware. Yeah. No,
2: and I get that. It's just also at the same time where if they're doing that, like I guess that makes that makes sense because you can buy it on PC and it would still be going towards Microsoft like revenue.
1: I do have a question. So I don't know exactly how this works. Do you have to purchase it like through the Microsoft? So let's say you want to purchase Gears of War 4 or like Gears of War 5. Do you have to purchase these on like a Microsoft launcher on your PC or can you purchase them through like some sort of third party like Steam?
2: I mean, it it depends because like I don't know realistically because this is a very new framework. Um, If you're talking about
1: like the Game Pass Side of I'm things. talking about, like, a Play Anywhere, where they have, like, oh, you've got Gears of War 4, you can play it on PC. I'm wondering if you can purchase it on PC and you also have it on Xbox One, or do you have to purchase it, like, online through the Microsoft Store, and then you have an additional launcher to run it through on your PC? I mean, I don't—are you able to? I don't think so. Yeah, you can You can play Gears, like, 4, and you can play their first-party titles on hmm. PC, through play anywhere from what I understand, but I I don't know how. Yeah, see, I only
2: know (laughs) of the Game Pass side of things of being able to get from that angle. And it also depends because if it's something like an Outer Worlds, like it'll be a different medium because I believe Outer Worlds is going to be an Epic Store um, exclusive at first from a PC perspective. So I think it really depends on where it's coming from. But yeah, I'm not sure. I'll have to look into that because I haven't I haven't really thought about it just because I to be honest, like the Gears of War and Halo franchises have never really been my thing, so I've never really cared too much.
1: Yeah, I feel like um Outer Worlds, it does have a listing on Steam. So yeah, I don't it know has, if it's gonna be an epic Game Store exclusive. It
2: will be for the first like six months or something like that.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Um I honestly I think most people that are actually, like, most games commentators, uh, like how we're talking about games and everything, however, amateur, not amateur, whatever, I think most of us don't understand business. I honestly think Microsoft is looking ahead. They're playing the long game, like, hoping that your console will do great is that's, that's like the immediate. That's, that's what's happening right now. They're worried about the next five years of their console. Instead, what Microsoft is doing is they're worried about the partnerships that they're going to make. They're worried about building out a platform that transcends like a physical box itself. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly think yeah. they're playing... The much smarter game than worried about what's happening with their console like their their consoles will sell to the people who care about them, mm-hmm. especially because they will put out exclusives like the next gears they'll put out the next halo they they will actually put out first party titles that are exclusive to these consoles actually that's not true because games pass so that's technically like a way through that but I still think they'll sell units mm-hmm. no matter what they will sell some. They won't sell, like, a massive amount, but they're going to make a lot of money, and I think that they're going to make their brand a lot bigger by not focusing on a box, but instead focusing on what they can create as a company kind of a thing. You Mm. know what I mean? Yeah.
2: I mean, we'll have to see. It's more of where the future in gaming goes. Um, I think you're right, and I think they're definitely trying to think of a future aspect to it and see where... um you know where games might lead uh but they might be wrong so you never know
1: <laughs> yeah right i could be giving them way too much credit and it turns out that they just have no idea what they're doing that that's also super possible i uh so what would you say is your your favorite conference so we've talked about like microsoft i personally thought nintendo did great i okay so i should preface this with saying i did not actually watch the conferences i don't watch them because there's just too much filler shit and i don't have time to watch all of it it's like okay cool i'm glad that todd howard got on stage and like uh said sorry for fallout 76 or whatever it's not necessarily something i needed to see should have watched that one man
2: that that one woo guy was a bit much
1: <laughs> there was also, I think, uh, during Microsoft's uh, press conference, that guy who said that uh, Keanu Reeves was breathtaking. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, he was like getting a free copy of Cyberpunk. Yeah. How because cool. of that, I was like, <laughs> "That's fucking awesome." Um, but I don't actually watch them, and this is an issue that I have actually is that, with the exception of people doing live reactions, mm-hmm. there is no good way to find people summarizing conferences like kind of funny did a great job they did like post analysis stuff that's awesome i'm talking about written outlets Mm -hmm. so ign does a good job but they basically they do the like oh here's the big news of the conference which might be like three or four trailers Mm -hmm. and then they're like okay the little shit we don't care about that's just like cool check that out as well that kind of annoys the shit out of me just say (laughs) here's here's all the news for Microsoft's conference that in a way is still summarizing because you're not getting you don't have to go through the nitty gritty of seeing some dumbass on stage like talk about video games. <laughs> well, and I and I don't mean dumbass like they're literally dumb, that was just something dumb I said at the time, but
2: it's all good. We get what you mean. It's, it's yeah, it's, I don't want anybody to think that I no, think no, I'm smarter no, no, no. than it's, them. <laughs> it's fine, it's filler for content, it's
1: filler. Plans it. yeah it's just a way to like extend their conference to meet that two hour mark that they for some reason needed um obviously they can just strain that and the ign takes it perfects it puts it in and they're like hey here's a couple pages of an article All the news is here, but instead they're like, okay, here's four trailers. The rest of it, Mm -hmm. you have to click again. And it's obviously a ploy to get more clicks. I hate to be that guy, but it obviously (laughs) is. Because when you get to the bottom of it, it's like, okay, here's the other news that they had. It doesn't tell you anything about it. You have to click on the link, which redirects you to another IGN article, either talking about that by itself or an IGN just like their shitty ass media player and it's going to play me the trailer, which I'm going to tell you right now, makes me want to punch myself in the dick. I hate that media <laughs> player so much. It's the worst. <laughs> and I kept having to listen to the same fucking TikTok ad over and <laughs> over again.
2: Uh, It's always good to hear you rant.
1: <laughs> I know. I... It's so... I'm normally, like, somewhat of a positive person. I don't shit on stuff this much. I feel like this podcast is, like, an outlet for me to shit on things.
2: I know. It's weird. I feel like I'm, in some weird, strange way, your therapist.
1: Yeah, probably. I feel like podcasts are everyone's way to just vent and shit on things, if I'm being real. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's what people do. But I personally, if I had to pick a winner as a conference, I would probably say it's... Like not having, um, taking it just from the news of conferences. If you're talking about game news, them like game so news. So you're just
2: talking about the content that's in the yeah, conference that yeah. was revealed.
1: So I was going to break it down for a sec. If I'm talking about the amount of games shown and everything, that's obviously kind of funny. But theirs is a much different, like, press conference kind of thing. It's a much different showcase. Mm-hmm. If I had to choose one that had the, like, the caliber of releases... It would easily be Bethesda for me, mostly just because they had a decent amount of original IP that I cared about. Mm. I also think it was... I mean, this is just an offshoot. Um, I there was a lot of cool stuff shown at Microsoft that I'm actually very excited for, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Microsoft bought, purchasing Double Fine Studios. That's awesome. I'm super excited to see what comes of Psychonauts 2 in that way. There's no way that this does not get published now, even if Starbreeze goes under. That's amazing. It's going to come out this year. I'm guaranteeing Psychonauts 2 comes out this year. I
2: hope you're right, because I'd be definitely down for it.
1: I hope I'm right, too, Josh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't have enough time for all these games, but I'll, uh, I'll make some room for Psychonauts 2.
1: Plus, we also get to uh, finally play uh, Fantasy Star Online too, which I've never played any like Fantasy Star shit. But uh, Fantasy Star is actually cool. You pretty got pretty
2: good. Robot Boys. I used to play it a lot back in the day with uh, some buddies, but it was like, yeah. what was it for? Like PlayStation GameCube, I think, 2 or, something. or something. Maybe PlayStation One. I don't know. It was a, it was a long time ago. Um, but it was pretty fun. I like it. Um, I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, as far as conferences go, it's interesting to hear your perspective on it from like. The content quality rather than the actual conference because like i
1: do take it's that i skipped all the conferences. i mean yeah <laughs> you skipped all the conferences
2: like i do take that into consideration rather than just the games that are shown um it's kind of why i say nintendo wins is just because one of the things i was ranting about before is just they have a better understanding of pacing and i think that's just because of their um more or less practice with this because they've been doing these Nintendo directs for a while now and I think they're getting the hang of like how they need to set up each different type of you know announcement so to speak so I think for that reason Nintendo is my big winner is just because it's like they started out although I do say they started out with a a loss in my books because I don't care about the Dragon Quest's character being added to smash
1: yeah but you got banjo but i got
2: banjo where i was like oh man this is what i'm talking about and they did it in such a good nintendo fashion
1: by making it duck hunt at the start if you am i the only one who thinks it would be really cool to get an echo fighters ukulele i'm sorry i know that not many people like that game i just think that would be cool
2: i mean i think it would be interesting uh i don't think it would work as well just because they don't i don't i don't picture them with the same kind of move sets um for some things but i'm sure they could do it but that's a totally different company so that's like they have to get another license from that i don't know if they want to deal with that
1: oh yeah that's never going to happen it would just be cool yeah I mean, i'm <laughs> sure i'm not holding my breath to see ukulele like yuka and laylee in smash <laughs> yeah i mean
2: maybe one day who knows if, uh maybe that'll be the fifth character um <laughs> but no i yeah so i i I kind of lean towards Nintendo. I think S- squared wasn't really doing it for me, but I'm a little biased because I really don't care about much of squares games. Um, other than like Octopath Traveler, which is shown, but I've already played it on the switch. So it, it wasn't that big of a deal for me. But yeah, um, you can get it on PC. I know, but I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. I've already, You're like, I mean, I already played it. I've already, so yeah, I've already to? put like 60 hours into that game. I think I'm good. <laughs> um, And then the other one that really like I can't say it's the best because it's just it doesn't have as much from a caliber from a game perspective. But man, Devolver Digitals was so unique and I wish I would have kept up more with what they do for the past couple of years because it was very intense.
1: Yeah, me too. There is obviously, like, this interconnected narrative Mm -hmm. between each one of their press conferences. I saw the first one, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Like, two years ago, I saw it, and I was like, this is the weirdest shit I've ever seen. Last year, I totally skipped out on it because I was like, I'm just gonna, like, catch up on all the news that was when i was like i'm no longer gonna watch press conferences it doesn't make any sense but then this year i was like oh devolver like ign's article actually had a link to the press conference itself Mm -hmm. and it was like oh only 21 minutes i was like ah why not watch it that is so weird
2: it was so weird but it was so good dude i could not stop laughing it was so strange (laughs) when the
1: carrion shows up it just bursts
2: through that dude's chest yeah i was like what what is happening? (laughs) so good um i guess it's a good point to jump into yeah this will
1: this will hop us into devolver
2: yeah okay so let's so let's dive a little deeper into devolver so from from uh a perspective on devolver's standpoint on e3 i wish more companies would do this because man it was such a blast watching this like this definitely had an impact where from the entire time I was watching it, I was so engaged because I was like, what is fucking happening? It's such a strange story. It's a little, gr- like, grotesque. Like, I- I'm not going to lie. When I first started watching it, I was like, oh, this is kind of hard to stomach. But, like, it was really good just to keep going through. And just the the silliness of not only, like, their theatrical performance for it, but also from their perspective of what they were bringing to the table for e3 i mean one of their games is a
1: bootleg copy i fucking love that so yeah, much dude
2: a bootleg collection <laughs> of a number of their own games that are like slightly twisted with a different name to be a little different but it's like a knockoff version of their game i thought yeah that was... i think
1: they had Downwell as gun boots yeah yeah it was
2: like shooty boots or something <laughs>
1: Let me see They had uh, Enter the Gun Dungeon Hotline Milwaukee Ape <laughs> Out Junior Shooty Boots Yeah uh, Loved Trousers 3 Absolvers Cat Game And Pikuniku Ball Stars <laughs>
2: It's so good dude It's bonkers Like it makes no sense But it's just like why like why why would you do this just because it's a marketing ploy like clearly they're just doing it to gain attraction to their name and it's working like a year ago i did not care about devolver digital at all one i they're starting to really push out a lot of games that i'm noticing i keep playing from an indie perspective and i'm like these are all really good so they're they know which games to back and they understand you know what's good from their perspective. They have a certain style that I enjoy, but not only that, the company is really friggin' dope. Like so (laughs) weird that they would put on this whole performance in front of like a, I mean, it's a more serious type of, or at least has that kind of appeal of like, this is where you're going to show your games, you're going to do, you know, that normal stage press conference, and they're just like, nope, we're going to do our own thing and just put on this crazy looking video, but we'll sneak in all of those games in between. Like,
1: and they like obviously all the while are taking shots at yeah, everyone at everyone just in the make, conference. It was such a giving everybody else shit. The fact that they were like
2: breaking the fourth wall inside their own theatrical performance about how E3 was like not even worth it and like that's why they're doing it, like was great. It's such a good way of like it's a good way to kind of force what is the notion of E3 becoming. Because a lot of people go back and forth of like, oh, do we even need E3 anymore? Which I for sure still think we do. But like, does the same format need to be always a concise, some guy gets on a stage and talks about their game and shows a clip and it just kind of keeps repeating the same process? No, it doesn't. And Devolver Digital is definitely a good representation of that.
1: Yeah, so just to give you guys a quick, like TLDR bit of what, I uh, actually like was shown through devolver we got a couple of cool games we got uh fall guys the ultimate knockout D- I, that one's really weird you I, play as like the <laughs> horde of things and you just try to survive as long as possible to see if you are the ultimate like victor
2: it looks pretty cool that, i mean yeah. i don't think i don't think it's gonna be one i get but it looks pretty fun <laughs>
1: I'm absolutely not going to get it, but man, <laughs> that is special. Yeah. Uh, then we've got the aforementioned Devolver bootleg, which is only five dollars. Yeah, it's so fucking cool. I keep going. And I hate that it has a one percent sale on right now.
2: It's <laughs> so troll, dude. Everything about them is so funny to me. But I was like, I keep going back and forth, and I'm like, I kind of want
1: it just because I, I want to know how the games play. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! Seeing some of the like uh, the bootleg version of Gato Roboto, I'm like, these games look so fucking cool. I know, and I hate it so much.
2: <laughs> it's too weird. I love
1: it. It's so annoying. And then they had Carrion. Um, That's dope. That one's special. You basically play this like you, they said. They said it was a horror movie in, in reverse. reverse. Which didn't make a whole lot of sense until you realized that you are the creature that's just like murdering people. Yeah, it's so, so it, dude, it was so perfect. Like the fact that this game
2: comes out with, and I don't know, it just, it it fit the theme that Devolver <laughs> Digital was going for like so well. And it, it just kept me like laughing the entire time because I was like, what is happening? And then they showed that game and I'm like, my
1: God, what is happening? <laughs> Yeah, where they're just like talking, and then that guy like just something bursts out of his chest. And he's like, Wah! and then there's just this gigantic like flesh creature yeah, that's just gross. talking pure English. <laughs> and he's like, they're like, hey, carrion, what's up? Goes, oh, just here to like show my game and everything. <laughs> so, but it looks really interesting. I actually, I will probably buy carrion. It looks yeah. really gross. It looks it looks s- super
2: gross. But I, that's definitely going to be one of the ones I pick up.
1: Yeah, you basically just stalk and murder everybody. Uh, the Sounds next like one we got here, which, I mean, this one, it makes me wish that I had $5,000 fucking dollars to give them. The it's arcade a, one? It's, yeah, oh, Enter yeah. the Gungeon, House of the Gunhead. It's a light gun game that you purchase for your house. It's $5,000. Um, it is currently available for pre-order through Griffin Aerotech. It is so cool. <laughs> uh, but don't worry there is a six month special financing offer Ooh. I don't know what you'd get there but oh, this light gun game is so cool literally <laughs> recently I was like you know what I wish we had more of and I feel like they've just disappeared light gun games I fucking love light gun games <laughs> they're so cool <laughs> I feel like I'm in the minority here but light gun games are awesome well, all you have to do is pay $5,000 I mean, I'm going to check out this unique financing offer thing they've got here and we'll see what's up. I mean, I will say
2: I do want to find that. Like I'm going to, I want to find some local arcades
1: around me a little bit after that comes out to see if anyone picks it up. If anyone in my region picks this up, I'll go there continually. I don't give a shit. I will pay so much money. I probably spend five thousand dollars playing this fucking game. Yeah, this game looks so cool. From- I love the art style of of the Gungeon, and this is just so perfect. Yeah. Plus, I'm terrible at fucking video games, so, you'll spend so this money. lets me expire. Yeah, this one lets me experience the world without having to like deal with the hindrance of actually playing a harder game yeah. like uh, games for the most part are pretty easy because you just like shoot and then you shoot off screen it's not that hard yeah especially by, with a friend
2: by the end of this you might end up sp- uh, spending five thousand dollars in quarters
1: yeah that's that's my plan <laughs> is to do that and then i'll just be like hey how about you just give me the machine dude i mean i pretty much paid uh, for. I it. bought the whole thing that was the six month plan right <laughs> <laughs> and then ending out the little bit they had i'm not i mean not literally because they had an interesting end but uh then we got one of josh's uh one of josh's predictions for e3 which is the messenger picnic panic got a release date it's coming out july 11th yes. 2019 are you stoked for this it's a free dlc i'm anybody s- that owns a messenger just down so it. stoked dude
2: it's a month away i get to play more messenger i friggin love this
1: game it was so good man and i can't wait to get back into it i honestly somewhat expected this to be like day and date thing just like we expected candace of hyrule how big of it is it like how much of a dick punch is it? yeah the candace of hyrule was like two days later
2: i was so yeah i like saw that and it was like june 13th and i was like wait and i like looked i was like is today june 13th and i was like what it's
1: two days away
2: why would they do that
1: yeah i find that so funny that's yeah, the easiest way to say it is that it's a dick punch. Yeah, I don't
2: understand. I was so confused. I was like, uh, okay, like, I, I mean, I, I'm still probably gonna get it, but like, why then? <laughs> like, I don't know.
1: I mean, you needed those two days, I guess. I guess makes... It's just too
2: much hype. You gotta, you gotta cool yeah, down. Yeah, play a it bit. on Thursday.
1: Oh, maybe they just wanted to keep like, keep eyes off of it until after they had done their their like direct and then their tree, the tree house. house thing maybe yeah i guess that makes i doubt a it a little bit of sense but maybe but like <laughs> i don't know like why like
2: <laughs> i don't know
1: yeah It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But then, of course, Devolver ends out its press conference by having an homage to fucking Terminator, of all things. (laughs) Why is everyone so fucking obsessed with Terminator in this E3? Yeah, dude. There's like three different different fucking things for Terminator. Every
2: conference had like a Terminator reference. It's kind of strange. Yeah, I don't know why it's like popping back up out of nowhere.
1: I mean, there's the new Terminator movie coming out, but... Terminator should not have this much clout at the moment yeah like what is happening with Terminator that it shows up in like two to three different conferences I don't
2: know man it's a it's a big thing people really like it
1: apparently but devolver great conference oh yeah it was awesome yeah um I do like that. They actually IGN gave a little bit of a shout out to the kind of funny game showcase when they talked about them actually revealing the messenger picnic panic. Um, oh, nice. in their showcase, they announced a lot of really cool stuff. So I want to move over to the showcase now. What did you think, just real quick? What did you think of the showcase itself? It's like pacing and everything. How did you feel about it this year, uh, this time versus when they did it technically like last year? Yeah, I think. Um
2: I think it was a little different this year for me. I wasn't as excited about it to be honest. Um I think though that really comes with the fact that they're kind of facing off against a lot of heavy hitters at the same time whereas the initial time it was like wow, out of nowhere this, you know, just a ton of indie games get referenced which, you know, is fine, but one of the big things about E3 is it's like it's really easy to get lost in like the midst of things because there's just so much happening so maybe that's kind of why i think from a pacing perspective they did pretty well i I like how they um they do a lot of kind of subsection games of like here's the vr games here's the you know out to play today games like i do enjoy the way they're categorizing it i do feel that this one was rushed a little bit more which i think makes sense because it probably was
1: um but uh I think from an overall perspective... I mean, perspective, they do make a an awesome joke about that at the beginning. Yeah. And, like, throughout the entire thing, they make a joke about how rushed it is.
2: Yeah. And I, and that's fine. Like, I get it. But it in comparison to, like, the first one, I think the first one was a little bit better. Um, and I also... Not to knock any games in this, but I also felt like I was more excited about a lot more in the first one. Um, but then again, there's still a lot of really good games in uh, in the showcase that was revealed. Um, I think overall it was pretty damn good though.
1: Yeah, there are a decent amount of things that I was hoping for in this. And I feel like the reason that this one is a little bit more underwhelming is because they didn't have those like big name releases they weren't even teasing them they're like hey these are indie games that's what we're showing it's 60 different indie games that's all you're gonna get they didn't have like a judgment release Mm -hmm. um like a judgment announcement they didn't do any of that they're just like hey this is what we set out to do and i think they did a great job Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i definitely do feel like it felt rushed it was nice that they like had the joke about it but i agree with you that it actually did just physically feel rushed. I thought it was weird that at certain times, like during the showcase, they actually had it to where like at, at some points that they would just show like the trailer at other times they would show the trailer and talk over it and give like the press release. I mm-hmm. thought that was a little weird. I yeah. Like, why are you guys only doing this sometimes? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and I think that
2: might be just a developer uh, you know preference of maybe they didn't have something at the time and they're trying to get work on things I, I'm not really too sure because um, it is kind of strange I feel like it did but I, well I don't know because at the same time'm I'm, I'm not like against it because it did break up the monotony of if it would have been just 60 straight trailers it's like okay well that's great but it's just the same thing you know in a loop, um so i'm i'm not against it but i do wonder why certain games got that over others
1: yeah it is a little weird it's like i like you i just kind of want to know mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. it's it's weird but they showed a lot of really great indie games pulled my focus to a lot of great indie games that i actually did not know existed yeah which i follow a dick load of indie games on twitter is, like it's that's excessive a big number, huh yeah, it's a metric dickload. Oh, it's a metric dickload. I follow. Oh, wow, that's even and bigger than I thought. Yeah, dude, I got like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I seven of these games. I was like, this game is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, there was, I have to check it. There out. There was a number of
2: times during the director, I was like, oh, gotta remember this, and I went to Twitter to find the the people that make it and follow them so I could find it later. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this looks cool. I gotta, I gotta find them on Twitter. <laughs>
1: Yeah, when I was making my list of all the games, I made sure to highlight the ones I liked the most. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need to remember this game.
2: And not to toot our own horn, but uh, Fling to the Finish was in there.
1: Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I actually (laughs) think I highlighted that. I thought that was so funny that Fling to the Finish was in there. I was like, we literally talked about this like last fucking week. I know. This is awesome. Psychic Boys. (laughs) Seriously, though? If there's a t-shirt made, it needs to be Psychic Boys. Psychic Boys. We are now the Psychic Boys. This will go on for the rest of time. <laughs> we are the Psychic Boys. <laughs> if any fan out there, if we have fans, which I ho- I know we do. We're just the biggest indie games podcast on earth. They need to make us just like a logo of the Psychic Boys. Feel free to tweet it at me, at Legion if anybody does it so shit my pants i'm not even joking if it happens i'll lose my shit doubt it ever will but man (laughs) i want a psychic boys t-shirt that'd be pretty dope that would be amazing (laughs) but yeah no i was super
2: excited when i saw fling to the finish i was like oh yes and i i then looked quickly and they did meet the kickstarter goal so i was like all right cool it is actually coming
1: I felt like there was almost no way they didn't. I mean, yeah, like, they were pretty they were damn close. So close, to close. It. Uh-huh. and that game is so fucking cool. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm. Pretty... So,
1: did you like get? Uh, did you gleam like a bunch of awesome games Go out of this? Me. Just like I did. Did you find a bunch? I did.
2: Uh, so I'll rattle off some of the ones that were uh, exceptionally interesting to me. Uh, the first one is Super Liminal um which was friggin' weird it it reminds me of a stanley parable um and oh yeah why does the trailer within a trailer yeah thing. yeah it reminds me of like stanley parable and antichamber kind of matched together um i don't know if you ever play antichamber but it's a very like wonky puzzle slash kind of like mind melting game of just weird stuff. Um, but it looks super interesting and I love games that do that. The I don't know, it's just it really makes you think, and it seems like it'll also have that weird kinda Stanley Parable like story behind it that's just a little odd. Um I'm super excited for it. I immediately reached out to them and was like, yo, when is this? When am I getting this? <laughs> <laughs> but um I also really enjoyed looking for heels um as yeah that one looks awesome as an individual who always plays support classes and healing classes in any group um this is definitely my kind of game
0: uh i'm a little brain fog insomnia moodiness weight gain
2: a little hesitant on if this is going to be a game I love just because of how it's played but it, it definitely looks like an interesting take on on a game of just being the healer and trying to keep people alive so I'm definitely for it um, I, I definitely want to see more of it uh, another one was Trigger Witch which looked very um, it's not like anything that's groundbreaking but it just looked like it's very interesting because it has a very like old school Zelda like colored Zelda vibe to it but you're a witch with like machine guns for some reason Yeah, it's a twin stick shooter shooter. so i was like oh uh okay this i'd play that like (laughs) i don't know it just looks very different but the same at the same time kind of if that makes any sense i don't know just looks really interesting um i guess i'll go with one more which was it's kind of like a joke pick but it just made me laugh really hard and i Hope someone I know gets it. I don't think I'll ever get it, but I would
1: love to try <laughs> I hope it. Someone I know gets yeah, it. Yeah, it's uh the ramen one. <laughs> Which one is that one? Okay, so Oh my god, Ra- it's this fucking naked the dudes. Naked dudes who are like throwing <laughs> food at each other. <laughs> yeah, that's the I that's the thing I love so much about the kind of funny game showcase, both of them, is how they like interconnected the the like the culture around kind of funny and like the, the whole the best friends and everything and the humor when Nick pops in and he's like hey guys it's time to get. you want to get weird <laughs> and they're like Nick go away I thought he wasn't going to come this time he's like let's get weird and the like the screen does the shimmering thing the first one that pops up is naked dudes throwing food at each other I was like what the fuck <sighs> this is so amazing it looks so funny it's definitely not going to be something I'll get but
2: uh I would love to play it.
1: <laughs> I love it. It's definitely not going to be something I get. <laughs> it seems more
2: of like a a good party game for like one or two times, but I can't see myself playing with a bunch of naked men
1: uh flinging food at each other for a long time. <laughs> So for me, I got like a bunch of different games. I didn't actually have like three. I just was like, that game's awesome. That game's awesome. Spoiler alert, a lot of them have pixel art. Not that hard. Like 90% of this fucking showcase was pixel art and it's awesome. (laughs) I loved it so much. Uh, So Renane was one of them. It was the uh, like 2D platformer action RPG where you play as like the little golden knight.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that did look interesting.
1: Yeah, that one's so awesome. I have it like pulled up on uh, on Steam. It's planned release date is twenty nineteen. I hope it comes out in twenty nineteen. It would be so fucking cool because this game looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I love the pixel art. The world looks awesome. I I just pretty much love everything about it. I'm probably <laughs> gonna suck at it if I'm being honest, but it's gonna be cool. Um, the next game I have there is Police Stories. Oh, that looked interesting too. That's the one where you were. You were like barging
2: into places, right?
1: Yeah, you're basically like, you're meant to be more tactical about it. So you have to, it's like Hotline Miami, but you have to utilize like uh, tactical gear, like flashbangs and stuff like that because you can die, they can die really easily. It's it's all about trying to outsmart NPCs like by yourself or in co-op. Oh, so I think you, that's so could, uh, fucking cool. We could
2: find a, a co-op game for us now.
1: Yeah, but it's got to be like the best game, oh, dude. That's right. That's, it's that's gotta right. It's got to be the best game. So then we both just die.
2: I forgot. I forgot. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe fling to the finish. Maybe. 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 Fling to the finish.
2: I'd be. I'd be excited for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty awesome. Uh, the next one I got is uh, Astalon Tears of the Earth. This one looked really, really cool. You play as, like, three different explorers, each with their own, like, abilities. It looks a lot like old-school Castlevania.
2: Yeah, yeah, it did look interesting.
1: Yeah, but of course, it's, like, more Mm 16-bit. I I really like its art style. Yeah, I don't know if I could
2: get into that kind of game, because it has... One of the reasons why I could never really get into some of the, the older Castlevanias is I don't like that that gameplay style where you feel so heavy where you're like walking yeah. and you'll like jump and it'll you'll move like an inch and then something hits you and you like move back and it's just I don't know it just it, the gameplay as far as pacing is just way too slow for me but I I did uh, like I did agree when I saw it I was like wow this looks really cool I just I don't think I could handle the mechanics in a sense of me being okay with playing like that
1: <laughs> Yeah it looks like yeah, I agree. It looks pretty clunky and pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited for it, but me getting it day one, depending on the releases that are around it, because this one is also a possible 2019, but they don't have a solid release date, mm. is entirely dependent on what comes around it. So if this comes out when like fucking Psychonauts 2 does, not going to happen. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, most games, if it comes out next to Psychonauts 2, I'm not going to play it, but like pretty much anything put up against this like let's say rain and Astalon come out at the same time or renane Renane. i i really hate that name it's weird (laughs) um I will get Renane instead, especially because I like to just have one character, which is a weird thing, but I like to just play as one character, just going through, seeing this character's journey versus three different characters. This is also an issue that I have with, like, JRPGs, where JRPGs typically include a team of adventurers. I haven't played Octopath Traveler. Yeah. there's, like, fucking 12 people. What the shit is that? (laughs) Octopath. <laughs> yeah, this is I'm yeah, but it's, it's just it's excessive. Uh the next one is kind of like it's kind of out there mostly because I don't play romance games, but Half Past Fate looks really, really good. I love its like sixteen bit art style. Um it's like the romantic narrative adventure no, and it looks really, really cool yeah it's uh on its Steam page it says half past fate is a romantic narrative adventure game about three relationships that form uh either over the span of eight year eight hours or eight years oh, jesus
2: uh oh yeah okay yeah i kind of remember this one
1: i don't know it
2: this definitely is not for me
1: <laughs> i don't know. i mean I don't know. it's it's gonna be something. It's it's again gonna be something that's entirely dependent on when it comes out, release date wise. Because this one, also twenty nineteen, but I could see this becoming like an amazing game. I mm. like I I think I've said on this podcast. You're a I'm a yeah. I'm obsessed with romance stuff. I'm not a romantic. I'm not romantic at all. Right, all you're a romantic is, fanatic. Yeah, basically. I'm a fan of romance, <laughs> but. I'm not romantic at all. And I honestly, if this comes out in kind of like maybe like some sparse release release dates, like this could come out next to like, fuck, I was going to say Gears 5, but I like Gears way too much. There's no way. Like this (laughs) has to come out at a time where I'm almost playing nothing else. Mm. Like, and I will purchase this game. If it's like a $20 game, I'll buy it. Like it, it looks really interesting and I like it a lot. Um, the next tough. one I've got is Forgone. Forgone looks really, really cool. It's like a the two D like platforming action adventure. Um, it says Foregon is a combat focused action platformer combining the challenging gameplay of Diablo and Dark Souls yeah. with fluid pixel animation uh, popularized by Dead Cells. I I've never heard that Diablo is a hard game. By the way, it's I played a decent uh, amount of Diablo. It's
2: not. I mean, yeah, it, saying it,
1: Diablo is difficult it, is a. Little, I mean, stretching.
2: old school Diablo was, but Diablo yeah. 3 is not. Diablo 3 used to be harder, though, when it first came out, but now they, they really dumbed it down. Um, but, like, the original and Diablo 2, like, it can be pretty challenging for people who aren't, like, into the, the type of series. This game, honestly, though, Forgon, uh, it really just reminded me of Slower Dead Cells.
1: Yeah, I, like looking at it a second time, it still looks really, really good, and I want to play it, but... This one is, I'm going to wait for a sale. There's no way I'm paying full price for this game. Like, it looks good. I probably won't play it for like four years mm. if we're being real. Like, this will be something that I find on a sale on PSN for $2, and I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Maybe I'll buy that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the only way I'll play it.
2: Yeah, I think it'll probably be fun. It's just the pacing is definitely a lot slower, and with that style, I would just want to play more Dead Cells
1: yeah yeah because dead cells has that really fast like frantic combat versus this one you're right it does seem a little bit slower yeah which i mean which is fine it's
2: definitely you know there's going to be people who are more into that because dead cells is a little chaotic and can be a bit much um but i just enjoy that more so
1: yeah the next one i have on here is relic hunters legend I thought that one was really cool. It's a four-player. It has four-player online co-op. It's uh, fast, fluid, fun, free, and online cooperative shooter slash looter slash RPG. Uh, <laughs> gather up to four friends, gear up, and save the galaxy from a terrible villain who has stolen the past. This game, I absolutely love its art style. Yeah. Its world looks really, really fun. I like that it has like this weird whimsical style. You're like shooting up ducks for some reason. <laughs> It looks really, really fun. I'm not a big, like, we both know I'm not a big cooperative guy. So if we're being honest, I'll play this by myself. But it is a tribute to how cool this game looks that I will actually even think about playing it. Because, yeah, I think it looks that cool. Plus, I like, from far away, the guys look kind of like bird people. I like me some bird people, (laughs) as I've said several times on the podcast.
2: Yeah, it... uh i definitely think the appeal is the art style like it doesn't it doesn't look like anything that's um different than other games in this type of genre but the art style is super cute and it it does look like it could be fun uh from a like co-op perspective
1: yeah the uh the last game i have on here is and i know i had a lot (laughs) but there's a lot of good games they had a lot of awesome games here is Warborn? it's uh take command of a mech strike force Warborn is a turn-based strategy game where players command an army of mecha and clash with the enemy intense tactical battles this one i love me some robot boys dude i love (laughs) mechs they're my fucking jam if there's a thing with mechs in it i'm probably into it with surprisingly the exception of gundam which is really? like that's the like the mech. mech thing yeah it's a little weird i'm gonna i'm gonna watch iron blood orphans because i've heard it's really really good um and i can watch it on hulu which is nice because funimation hogs all my internet for some reason and it's fucking terrible <laughs> um like i love funimation as an app but it's it's so excessive it, it's annoying um but yes i love mechs hmm <laughs> and i'm very excited to play this game i love its art style i love robots um i mean i'm not a huge like turn based rpg guy so i don't know like this one probably i won't pick it up immediately or if i do i'm not going to like play it for a while this one just has a coming soon release date which is kind of nice <laughs> um just because it's not like coming in 2019 like every other indie game that I talked about so far. Mm-hmm. So, I'm excited for this one, but it's definitely going to be it's it's one that I'm going to keep my eye on because I like the world and its art style, but it probably won't be one I like make sure I play at launch kind of a thing yeah i get that versus Renee, which looks fucking sweet I that. <laughs> it looks awesome yeah
2: no i mean it's tough man there's 60 games you can't play every single one of them they're all coming out like around the same time it's uh i definitely won't play every single one of them i'm not
1: gonna play that ramen game <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna play it i'm gonna i'm gonna find someone who bought it and i'm gonna make you play with me <laughs> it looks so weird I know. but i guess that's why they got weird you know what i that's mean that's the
2: appeal everybody's got to get weird sometimes
1: <laughs> so i personally would say do you have any uh, more like stuff that you want to talk about the kind of funny game showcase devolver any more e3 talk i think we i think we
2: covered a good amount um i mean overall like i said i think this e3 was not the most hype that it's been in past years
1: but i still think it was pretty good i enjoyed it yeah it was a very very good e3 i enjoyed it as well. We actually have a decent amount more time so now i think this week of all weeks we've been blessed with so many amazing indie games that we actually need to give back to the creators so now we're going to hop in to our last segment of this week's podcast which is god bless the crowd this is where josh hops into all sorts of different crowdfunding sites this one uh, it's fig guys normally we just it's mostly kickstarter this time we got a fig um <laughs> this is where josh hops into all sorts of different kickstarters bring some amazing indie games for us to talk about because if we're being honest i don't know how any of these works fig i still don't know how to find it i'm looking <laughs> at this website right now still don't get it i, I the kickstarter is excessively hard to navigate i don't know why you'd think they'd streamline it but why not just have board games mixed with video games mixed with video game magazines that just checks out, I would think.
2: You know what's actually funny about that is they really should curate that a little bit better because in the past metrics have shown that like games, like video games, is probably their only like positive um, percentage of really high money making campaigns in the
1: past. Yeah, I believe it. The rest are fucking magazines. <laughs> <laughs>
2: something of that nature but
1: but there's a lot of a lot of
2: uh issues with crowdfunding sites lately but that's one of the areas that they're doing well in
1: yeah it it, however much we might say that like playstation store microsoft store (coughs) nintendo store all of these shops are overpopulated and have an issue with curation they like they've got nothing on kickstarter dude that Mm -hmm. is a shit show it's (laughs) It's excessive Uh, But this week on God Bless the Crowd We have Unexplored 2 The Wayfarer's Legacy over on Fig And then we've got Small Saga A turn based RPG from a mouse eye perspective Over on Kickstarter This is a week that Josh fucking picked Just chef kiss games These are awesome I'm telling you right now, Big Josh boy, you've got a talent, at least this week. Some weeks, they suck.
2: Okay? All right. Thanks. You're very, very encouraging.
1: This week, you did a good job, big boy. You did a a good job, big Josh boy. So first I want to talk about Unexplored 2, The Wayfarer's Legacy. Uh, This game is 47% to its milestone? So this is, okay, so
2: yeah, so with Fig, this is one of their new open access beta pitches. So unlike Kickstarter, what they do is no matter what this game is going to be created, and it's technically in like an early alpha right now, Um, So the way it works is they're going based on a milestone perspective. And what happens is they're going to take your money no matter what, because what they're giving you is an early access release to the game, as well as the eventual game once it's finished. Now, depending on how much money they make from those milestones, they'll then proceed to make additional aspects to the game, or in this case, which is very different and a little confusing to me, for Unexplored, they're actually doing milestones that hit things inside the alpha game, like little quests, not really quests, but like challenges for people to go into the game do and then they potentially win something and get to be a part of the lore in the game. So it's building a community with these milestones, which is a much different approach, but is actually pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, that's fucking cool. Yeah,
2: so what's happening now is um they've already hit one of the milestones um but they're now at 47% to the next one. So if you go to the roadmap of this Fig page, what you'll see is we're working towards milestone 2, which is the in-game safari or the big five. And the main main thing of this is they release a special build that features five large new creatures, and you have to find them and then take screenshots and post them into their Discord channel so that you can then, if you're like one of the first, you get put in as a person who gets to create the lore with them.
1: That's so fucking cool. I did not know that that's what this was. Josh, you picked a way cooler video game this time. (laughs) I'm legitimately impressed. (laughs) This game is so fucking cool. Now, this is before the sweet roadmap roadmap stuff. The game itself is really, really interesting. I initially came at it with a skeptical eye because of some of the language that they used where they said, like... uh, I I think it was that they had uh, featuring a unique legacy system. And I saw a legacy system, and I knew it was a roguelike, and I was like, is this just going to be Rogue Legacy, like in 3D? Is that what this is going to be? Like, oh, my God. And then you go down, and you realize it's not that at all. It's actually much more accessible. Um, It actually turns out that their legacy system is actually when you die, you get to choose whether or not your character like you choose a new character, no matter what Mm -hmm. the legacy is not the character that you choose. Like in rogue legacy, it's the world itself. So you can then replay through that world, which is so cool. And an amount of time has passed since your last character died. So the world has changed. So the example they use is, like, if you come upon a town and they're having issues with wolves and you go kill those wolves, the next character, when you come through, this town might possibly be thriving Mm -hmm. and you could buy some amazing new equipment. Or if you did not kill those wolves, you could then come upon this town and it be deserted and there's no equipment. That is so fucking cool. (laughs) Of course, they have it to where, like, Not only is this kind of an accessibility feature where you can play through and you still know the world versus most Mm roguelikes have like, it's not a perpetual map. You have to start off not only with, in some senses, a new character, but also like new weapons and everything. This one has it to where you play through the same world. You can go get this legendary item, whatever that you knew was there already, but... It also consistently gets harder the more and more you play through it because this uh, this empire comes through and takes over more and more of this territory. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much cool stuff happening in this game, <laughs> let alone that sweet-ass roadmap. Yeah, see? Yeah, it's very
2: interesting because uh, the game from a general perspective looks actually really interesting. I, I really enjoy the art style. It's very, it's a top-down, but the world is very unique in the way that they do shading for this um, as far as the artwork goes. The combat looks a little bit weird just because it is very slow uh, in a sense of like it looks like you don't have much range with your attacks, but I'm sure there's other weapons. There's other things that you get later on. This is just one brief example when he's fighting like a couple bad guys on a weird cliff or something like that but also just a lot of that background information that you already talked about kind of makes me more excited about it anyway though just because it has such a unique system um from the actual groundwork of it the one thing that does still confuse me is what i explained to you as far as the roadmap because it's it's more of milestones in the game usually you would have more milestones to what the game gets afterwards it doesn't look like they're doing much of that like usually you'd have milestones where it's like oh we get this amount of money now we're going to put it on switch or now we're going to release it with an extra xyz amount of content it doesn't look like they're doing that as much as they're making it more worth your while to be part of the alpha initiative beforehand and as you grow a community that will push you to be more involved with it and to build the game itself, which is obviously a different approach. But at the same time, I kind of like it because it it definitely gets you involved and builds out the community of who's playing and trying to see those different experiences. Because if this is something where, you know, it's so unique where you kill that, that group of wolves and then the town uh, prospers, you'd have two totally different stories from the same person who had done that, from someone who had killed the wolves for someone who had been killed by the wolves, and vice versa for you know any different culmination of possibilities throughout the story and the world. So it is very interesting to see how that goes. Um, I want to definitely watch this and see how much money they make from these milestones to see if it's a worthwhile campaign in that rather than having it as a normal structure
1: of You give, you know, the more we get, the more we put into the content. So I'm really glad that last week we had JJ from The Coalition on. If you guys haven't listened to that one, I would recommend it because we have, for the most part, a really, like, interesting discussion uh, about, like, Kickstarter crowdfunding, and then we talk about, like, indie games in general, our favorite indie games, stuff like that. But we had a conversation about, like, you actually getting something Mm -hmm. from doing Kickstarters and you actually getting a return This game, I feel like, really, really did something special with you actually getting something for being a backer that wasn't going to come, like, down the road. Mm. So it's not like, oh, when this game comes out... You, you're you going to get this physical item or whatever. Instead, they really incentivize you to give them money now. They're like, give us money now. Not only are you going to have an immediate return with being able to actually play this game now, but you also get to affect the world in a much bigger way than just like, oh, you get to make a boss. Instead, you literally get to be part of the world itself and the lore, the stories of this world being like a self-proclaimed lore hound being somebody who absolutely loves the lore of of video games in general let alone indie games this is so special and so cool that it almost never happens unless you're like a big fan that's gonna die or something like that that you actually get to be put in like you get to be immortalized in a video game without having to to pay like a ridiculous amount for it Mm mm-hmm
2: yeah no it's it's really interesting obviously this isn't going to work for like every type of game that's being crowdfunded because you have to be in a good state already to have that alpha and to be able to have someone who's you know funding you in a sense like it it seems like with fig it's kind of a, a partnership in that way and you also try to bring on people who are investing in it to keep the funding going regardless um, so I don't think this is obviously going to apply to every single one of the games and be a model that everyone can see and go forward towards. But I do think that it is a really interesting opportunity, and I feel like this is why you know, a lot of FIG backings could succeed and be something big if they have you know the right kind of marketing strategy and the right kind of mechanisms to actually build that community and infrastructure inside their game
1: yeah I feel like when you saying that like this isn't gonna work for everybody I feel like for the most part that's not just about the games I don't think that this could happen really anywhere other than fig yeah like doing Mm -hmm. this kind of a thing on kickstarter wouldn't really work because it's like I don't know one kickstarter has kind of a bad rep (laughs) let's be real like we talk about kickstarter all the time but like, even we know that it has issues. Like, we, I literally just shat on it a little while ago. And there are also people who just take your money. Fig is really, really cool. I don't see that this... This is not going to, like, really become a big model for crowdfunding in video games. But it's really, really cool. And I think every now and then we're going to see a video game that is going to be like this. And it's going to be really special when it happens. But yeah, like you said... It's it's not going to happen in every game and it's definitely not going to happen on any crowdfunding site. I honestly think Fig is the only place that this really works.
2: Yeah. I mean, you could be very right about that. It just depends on really the the platform itself if they want to mold, you know, their their model into something different, but right now it seems like that's what Fig is going for. So, I mean, good on them and good on Unexplored too. Like I I definitely think this is interesting. It's one of my Potential backings that I'm considering. Um, We'll have to see.
1: Yeah, I should say, this one, you gotta pay $25 Mm -hmm. to get a copy of the game. You get a digital copy of the game on release, uh, immediate access to pre-alpha early test scenario through Discord, regular alpha and beta updates during the development through Discord, fig backer uh, role on our Discord server, and you get the name in the credits of the final game. Uh, Then, you also... so are there only the two tiers on this one? Uh, yeah, there's only two tiers. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure I was covering all my bases. Nope. Uh, the second tier is $45 is the legacy tier. Mm-hmm. You get all the Wayfair, t- oh, Wayfair tier items, digital original soundtrack, a digital art book, digital wallpaper, um, a digital copy of the unexplored uh, one on Steam PC, uh, and you get VIP backer role on the Discord server, special backer, in-game items and your name in the credits of the final game um I feel like this is this game seems really really cool $25 might seem expensive but being able to get in on this right now I honestly would say is so worth it this is the first time that I've like and it's kind of weird because I really like a lot of the games we talk about but now knowing how the roadmap is in this game this is the first game that I've legitimately looked at and I was like fuck I have to back this game. Like, there's no way that I will not back this game. <laughs> it's so cool. Well, I'm glad like, I Like, that lore bit is so special. Yeah, you definitely picked a winner. Um, I don't want to harp on this game too much. We also have another game, Small Saga, so to talk about. So let's hop it over to that one. Unless you have any final bits to say about uh, the Unexplored 2. No, I think I'm good. Let's hop to the next one awesome small saga (laughs) what manner of vermin lurks beneath our feet and rpg of miniature proportions they are currently asking for forty one thousand nine hundred and seventy dollars i say they but it's actually only one guy which is really cool Mm -hmm. um it has 476 backers 21 days left to go i personally think this will get backed it's a really special and awesome game um I really, really like it. It's pixel art looks really beautiful. The concept itself is really fun. I've always had this like this idea stuck in the back of my head, like if mouse had their if mice and like small creatures had their own little world, which has obviously been shown through like uh, what is it? They had I think it was Redwall when we were kids that it was like a kid's cartoon about mice like warriors and stuff like that in medieval hmm. times. I
0: don't it
1: was that odd.
2: Man. I do remember Fifel though. Yeah. Five goes west,
1: dude. <laughs> you get, give him the lazy eye. Yeah,
2: there are no cats in America.
1: <laughs> so to get in ground floor on this one, and you want the game, it is only thirteen dollars, which is pretty inexpensive. Mm-hmm. That's true. considering yeah. <laughs> some games excessive.
2: I mean, yeah, it depends. It. I mean, you also need to think about like what the game is in comparison. Um, but I, from what I'm seeing, at least from the trailer, it it actually does look pretty interesting. It. Um, it's obviously a game where if RPGs aren't your thing, like turn based combat isn't your thing, you probably don't want this. Um, but for those that do, it seems pretty interesting. It looks like a very, you know, old school kind of retro game, but the art style to it is really nice. I like how it kind of looks. Uh, it kind of looks. God, how, what's a good way to describe this? It's like realistic, but not at the same time in a way in certain areas. Like the background looks um much more painted in comparison to the foreground of the actual um characters um and the weird like 3d style of it looks really interesting the way it pans in and out when they're fighting the enemies so i'm interested to see more of what this game looks like from a perspective of just a visual aspect um but the gameplay looks interesting. It's you basically walking through kind of like you would see in a a normal like RPG creator game, but it just looks much nicer. Um but really where it shines I think is just the enemies and the actual world around you, the objects that they're using like the fact that your mice Uh, in this game alludes to they're not going to have you know a giant sword or a gun so they're using regular like household items or sometimes not household but just items that we would think in the real world as normal sized objects for us but you're looking at a mouse who has a scalpel as his weapon you're looking at a, a mouse who has a uh, lighter as their weapon. Like one has a shaved out pencil with holes in it because it looks like it's using it as a flute. Like there's a lot of weird creativity in the the style and mannerism of all of the different uh, character design and items that they're using. So I really enjoy that aspect to it because it, it does allude to, you know, this is a what if scenario of, you know, if these animals did have this type of lifestyle outside of what we see so to speak so it's a, an interesting perspective
1: yeah the only issue that i have with this uh one i would like to say uh sabon i think is his name he's the pyromancer he's actually a mole Ah. not a mouse yeah yeah he's a mole mm. with a lighter and i like how he's like he's a pyromancer he's like a mage essentially but he just has, just a, lighter. has a lighter like that but that's <laughs> that's what i'm saying is is it's so yeah it's really interesting it's so, so cute
2: and creative in the way they're doing that because obviously we can't have i mean it's kind of strange because if we could have you know moles that are walking around and uh presumably talking they, <laughs> they obviously can't do magic
1: either like that's too much the only real issue I have is that so you've got the the mole with the lighter, you've got the squirrel with the the pencil the, like, flute. flute thing. Yeah, you have um, Gwen who is uh, she's the the female mouse that's like the spear user, mm-hmm. um, but it's a scalpel. But then you have fucking Lance who's a sharpshooter who just has a bow. It's just a bow. I understand it's probably a toothpick, but yeah. it's just the most boring <laughs> bow I've ever <laughs> seen. Yeah, a little bit. But That's honestly the only issue I have with this game is that (laughs) bow.
2: I mean, what are you gonna do? Maybe they'll change it. Who knows? If he gets enough money.
1: (laughs) Maybe, maybe he'll change it to a flosser or just something else. Like initially I was like, Oh, I guess Bruce, the like the Harlequin, the bard, he just has a flute and then I realized it was a pencil and I was like, Fuck that's cool. Yeah
2: no it's it's definitely very interesting and i like how the main character has the swiss army knife i like how it's like way too big for him too
1: yeah i love that this it it already has a little bit of lore in it because these like human items that they have they call them god tools Uh, i find that really really interesting the entire story of this is um you actually play like what's the main character's name i totally forgot it doesn't really matter. Uh, you play this <laughs> mouse who's oh his name is Verm. Verm basically like in a way battles a god who's basically it's just an exterminator if we're being real. Yeah. He plays the god <laughs> of death who cuts off his tail and he's trying to track him down and take his tail back. You, I mean, you're not really going to get like I don't know how you're going to reattach your tail. But I don't know, maybe All right. <laughs> he's the That checks out.
2: Yeah. I mean I'm sure they'll find some tape. Look <laughs> good as Maybe.
1: New. Yeah, I do love that I personally am a big fan of the Berserk anime. Um so I love that the creator actually took um he really like He made this game thinking of Berserk and games like Golden Sun and animations like The Secret of Nim. He brought a lot of the things that I really love into making this kind of like super weird little RPG and I'm super in dude. I'm so in this game looks awesome. I've been following him on Twitter for a while and following small saga. And last week when they initially put this up, I was going to tell you that we needed to do this on God bless the crowd. <laughs> and then I forgot. And turns out next week we got it on God bless the crowd, baby. I'm I'm watching. I'm watching. Okay.
2: You know what? You know what's up? I know. You know what makes me nervous about this though? So the
1: toothpick bow. <laughs> no, no,
2: uh, <laughs> the the fact that they're at a reasonable amount they have 21 days to go and they're at 14,000 of the 41,000 right
1: seems are like Are you going to say the several of them like uh no longer available rewards yeah so the way they
2: set up this and i think they could have made it but they have like no big pledges left all of their design an npc all of their you know design a boss those things of like the higher tiers are gone Which leaves them at what most people will probably pick is the lower tier for the game, which is going to be 10 pounds, I believe that is, or $13. So $13, they would need, you know, $13 times as many gets you to like almost 30K, a little bit less.
1: It's kind of a lot of people
2: you need. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, it is a little weird. So they had their, like, 127 one where you design an NPC. They only had 15 of those. They only had 5 of the designing a, uh, like, a quest-giving NPC. And they only had 3 of the designing a boss. So that is... Excessive—that's uh, like excessively small. Yeah. Um. I mean, considering that this is only being made by one guy, I guess I totally understand. Even though, like, the entire purpose of Kickstarter is to give you money to kind of build up, like, ramp up your production, so he could hire more people to help. Mm-hmm. So I understand, but I also don't. Yeah, you bring up a good point. It might be hard to hit this just because he only has the lower tiers. Yeah, and granted you know, that makes sense.
2: But then he possibly should have put that lower tier a little bit higher or, you know, maybe made that goal a little bit less, which it sucks because if you need that goal, like that's kind of what you need. But realistically, I don't know if he'll be able to make that unless a ton of people see this and they all want to put their money in. Like it's going to need a lot of people to back it at the tiers that are left at this point.
1: Yeah, that's very true. I, I think it'll hit it. It does kind of suck that there's only the 13 23 and $51 tiers left. Mm-hmm. A decent amount of people have gone for them, so it seems like there is demand. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I definitely do wish that there was there was just more like there was like a couple other tiers that like maybe a much higher tier that gave you physical goodies or Mm -hmm. like just like some random art books or whatever in lower tiers kind of a thing just really start to incentivize people because i really hope this game gets backed yeah because it's really special and it's really really cool yeah it looks it looks like a lot of fun uh i hope it makes it we'll see so do I. Yes, we will definitely see. Uh, but that's about the end of this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening uh, to us rant, or uh, really just me rant for like <laughs> an hour and a half. Yeah, it's amazing. It was good times. Thanks, guys. Yeah, like I said, this podcast is just entirely me venting. Just a, a therapeutic experience for all of us. <laughs> yes, Josh is my therapist, and we're just broadcasting it all over the world. Mm, it's nice. Yeah,
2: no license. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's why you do it over the internet. They can't catch you. Ah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. As far that's as I true. know, you live in, like, Venezuela where there's no extradition. Like, you're fine. Oh. Is that how it works? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't remember living there, but okay. I'm not a businessman. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't think business has anything to do with it. <laughs> But I guess- thank you guys so much for listening. You guys can follow <laughs> us right. on Twitter. You can follow me at Hyde Legion. Make sure to tweet me those uh, psychic boys. Oh yes! Yeah. If anyone has uh, any of our
2: fans or artistes, give us some <laughs> uh, some nice pictures
1: i 'll literally die if anybody does it I'll die uh, you can follow Josh at the underscore George 90 make sure to check out all their written content over on parallax media.1 did a lot of really cool e3 stuff I'm assuming you guys are gonna post the uh, the live reactions to YouTube yeah I would I would assume so
2: as well um, I know they're on the parallax media twitch right now but we're uh, from my understanding I think doing a like best moments kind of video um Ah. so just keep your eyes peeled for that
1: nice nice well make sure if you guys want to see their reactions to the conferences make sure you go over to parallax media's twitch channel and keep an eye out for all those awesome videos going up on the youtube channel i mean make sure to subscribe there because that's also how you're going to get this podcast on youtube but you can of course find it also over on Spotify. You can find it on Google Podcasts, iTunes, all sorts of awesome places. Uh, That's it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.
2: Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office.